The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford, joined today by my buddy Drew Silva. By the way, uh, Drew is filling in for Ryan. We forgot to wish Ryan a happy birthday yesterday, Drew. So a real quick belated happy birthday to our buddy Ryan Boyer, one of the nicest human beings possible and does a really good job with all the stuff he does as well. So happy birthday, Ryan Boyer, our colleague for a very, very long time. Uh, we're going to be talking about the three ups, the three downs, and also offering some fab suggestions for those of you who are looking to compete in your league, and hopefully you are, hopefully you're not out of it. I know many of us might be, but hopefully if you're listening to the show, you're still in it. Uh, but first, let's get into some headlines, and I think we got to start with the Donnybrook, Drew. The Guardians White Sox, so for those who missed it, a hustle double by Jose Ramirez, a tag that looked pretty innocuous to me uh, to, from Tim Anderson to Jose Ramirez. Turns out one of them did not feel that tag was so innocuous. And it led to a all-out brawl. One of the better fights that I have seen. Uh, now, look, I'll just be honest with you. Most of the time, this stuff does not interest me. It's pretty stupid. It's it's grown men fighting over stupid stuff. This one was interesting. And this one was pretty fun to watch because both guys connected pretty good. J-Ram landed a mm-hmm. real good one. Did you, uh, did you, did you en- enjoy what you saw from that one. And I did put for those listening, I did put quotation marks up there. Yeah. I enjoy is probably not the right word, but that was definitely a wild one. You don't often yes. see two, two players square up against each other. I, I, I like that the umpire just got out of the way. Like they dropped the gloves. Like it was a hockey fighter even reminded me of like MMA. And then yeah. it just went on and on with these other scraps firing up in different areas after the benches cleared coaches and managers, trading words and shoves it i the the whole delay was probably about 20 minutes like it, it, that's how long this this thing went on for and i was trying to, to read about whether there had been previous bad blood between jose mm-hmm. ramirez and tim anderson where this all traces back to obviously those players have played for their specific teams in the same division for a long time so um because I, I guess that was sort of a hard tag on Ramirez at second base. And then Anderson stood over him for a bit, but mm-hmm. not necessarily like an abnormal baseball play at all to, to set that off. Ramirez said after the game that Anderson has been disrespecting the sport for a while. And, and that Anderson said some words to him as he was standing over him. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't really dig up anything other than that. Like, no, Ramirez and Tim Anderson are, are are certain to get suspended. Like you mentioned, they both made contact, and right. Ramirez kind of swiped him across the face, and Anderson looked like he was dazed a bit. It was yes, I think because because this happened at second base, there wasn't enough time for people to run out and get in the middle of them, and so they actually both got off some decent shots. If if that's what yes. you're looking for, um, yeah. Emmanuel Classe was ejected as well. Maybe he gets a short suspension for being at, at the center of the scuffle. Uh, just something to look out for as you're setting your lineups for the upcoming week, week or maybe even the week after. That there, there will be suspensions handed down, sure. probably Monday, Tuesday, and then, you know, appeals process. You, you know, you all know the drill. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. that was a it, it was one of the better in quotations baseball fights that we've seen in a long time. 
It's worth pointing out real quick that uh, Tim Anderson was not in the lineup today. Uh, Jose Ramirez is currently playing. He's over two with a walk, but did steal a couple of bags, um, which is nice for fantasy managers. Uh, I will say nobody got out there. Uh, whoever the second base umpire was did make a business decision in the middle of that fight because mm-hmm. he was in the middle of that thing. And then he was like, I am not in the middle of this thing. I do not blame him one bit for getting out of the way. I did see some stuff um, that uh, Ramirez did say in an interview that he feels like Tim Anderson has been disrespecting the game for a long time and stuff like yeah. that, which I think is nonsense. I, I Does Tim Anderson do everything uh, by the book? No. Um, but I, I think the fact, I don't think he's actually disrespecting the game. I do wonder if there were some words said during that take, maybe that, uh, upset Jose Ramirez. We could never really hear that stuff. Um, yeah, this will be interesting. And for sure you're looking at suspensions for both players. It's just a matter of how long, uh, Cleveland it's, it hurts them bad because they're still in this thing whether they want to be or not is another question mark but they're absolutely still in this playoff push but man that was that was something because I've never seen one escalate that quickly so far that was brick throwing the trident that was the most escalation I have seen in a very long time I think I don't think the ump made a, a business decision. I think he was like, "Let's get it on." <laughs> like, <that's what> <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, yeah, um, we'll get into some other topics. We talked about Max Fried's excellent return from the injured list on yesterday's show. Nestor Cortez was excellent too in his return to the Yankees rotation Saturday against the Astros. Only went four innings, but that was planned. Uh, he struck out eight of the fourteen batters he faced and surrendered only one hit which was a third inning solo homer to Jose Altuve. Cortez was still supposed to be out on a minor league rehab assignment, but the Yankees brought him back this weekend as Domingo Herman went into treatment for alcohol abuse. Um, Herman's done for the year, they're saying, and Luis Severino has, has been a mess. So the Yankees need Cortez to be as good as he was Saturday and, and hopefully for b- being able to work deep in games if, if they have any hope of, of an AL wildcard run. He missed all of June and July because of a left shoulder strain, but sure looked healthy in his return. And you would think would be able to work a bit deeper on his next turn through the rotation. I would believe that I think that's Friday at Miami. Um, and yeah, looked really sharp, at least with the swing and miss stuff. And hopefully can get up his pitch count up, up near 90 when he takes on the Marlins going into next weekend. Yeah. Looked good. And it's a nice reminder of like what the talent is like, it's been a disappointing year for him. We, of course, remember that Cortez got off to that uh, s- slower start after, I believe it was an ankle sprain. He was supposed to pitch for Team USA, and then um, yeah. it didn't look like he was ever fully healthy or like ready to roll, I should say, at the early part of the season. But it's it's a nice reminder that this guy is talented. Uh, Chad asked a good question, by the way. Uh, just going quickly back to the Jose Ramirez thing, would a lengthy suspension mean Manzardo rapid ascension? That's an interesting one. I think if healthy, yes, but I don't think Kyle Manzardo is going to be healthy for a little while. It's I think that's one of the reasons why Tampa Bay was willing to make this trade. We'll talk about uh, the player they got in a second. Unfortunately, was not such a promising debut. There's a little bit of a spoiler alert for you. But I do think if Kyle Manzardo gets the call, absolutely somebody that you should be taking a look at uh, but yeah Nestor Cortez was fantastic uh speaking of fantastic we got some good news uh regarding Yuri Perez and it looks like he's going mm. to be making his return to the mound on Monday against Cincinnati uh, just in case you somehow forgot this is a pitcher who has a 2.36 ERA a 1.09 whip a 61 to 17 strikeout to walk ratio and all those numbers are great but they're almost misleading because Yuri Perez had one absolute shellacking against Atlanta where he gave up seven runs and didn't get out of the first inning. He uh, Take away that, he has an ERA of like 1.6 on the season. He has been as dominant as any young starting pitcher at, that I have seen. It's been really impressive. And I've seen some awfully good ones, Drew. We are very old. I'm a little older than you. But uh, the mustache makes me look younger, though, right? Sure. Thank you. Did you uh, do the, that uh, overnight? Because because we did a show yesterday and I I, I don't did remember it. Uh, I did it stat. like an hour and a half after we stopped recording. I I could not stand looking at the white in this thing anymore. I can I, I mean I know there's some white in here, but it's 
it's much better. I'm feeling much younger. I'm going to go buy a Porsche when we're done. So my back to Yuri Perez, speaking of young, the, the issue is going to be how are they going to use him? It sounds like it's going to be starting for now, but there's a very good chance yeah. that there's going to be skip starts. There's a very good chance that he's going to be on strict innings and pitch counts limits. Even still, I think you have to have Yuri Perez in your lineup as long as possible because when that guy is at his best and he's been at his best for an awful long time, uh, at least for this year, he's been as good as anybody. And while Miami doesn't provide the greatest offense, they're absolutely playing for stuff. Yuri Perez can be a very, very nice factor for you down the stretch. And if people got impatient and dropped him, I think you have to add him to your roster. Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting for this return for a long time in a deeper league. It, it stinks when this happens with a, a, a fantasy pitcher and you just have to wait it out because it's not like he's on the IL. You can either drop him and hope you can pick him back up when, when they bring him back. Um, yeah, I, I would be a little bit worried about how long he's going to pitch, how deep he's going to pitch into games. I think they're going to sure. treat him mostly as a traditional starter, but you're going to see some shorter outings because the Marlins are, you know, they're in the wild card hunt and they could be relying on Yuri Perez to pitch in a playoff series. Um, mm -hmm. But they also, you know, they need to win games to get into that wild card picture when it, when it comes time to, to map out exactly who they're, if they're going to make the postseason on who they'd be playing. So sure. um, it's going to be a bit of a juggling act, but if, if he's starting, I don't, I don't care how long he's projected to go. I would, I would, I would get him on my active roster in fantasy for sure. Um, some other news before we get into the three up, three down from Saturday. Uh, Red Sox manager Alex Cora confirmed on Sunday morning that Trevor Story is going to remain on his minor league rehab assignment for the full twenty day window, which runs through this upcoming Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So his activation from the sixty day injured list is now set for Thursday. Uh, story hasn't suffered any sort of setback in his recovery from it was one of those internal brace surgeries to repair the UCL in his right elbow, not Tommy John, but Tommy John adjacent. Um, but he's been excellent so far in the minors, 967 OPS with three homers and three doubles in 12 games between double A Portland and triple A Worcester Worcester uh, while also playing 44 innings at shortstop kind of like a forgotten man at this point, but a former early round pick in fantasy drafts who can certainly help down the stretch. You'll just have to wait a little bit longer, four days longer than maybe we thought it would be. Um, probably takes over right right away for Yu Chang at shortstop uh, with Luis Urias, I think, continuing to get most of the action at, at second base. We talked about Urias on, on Saturday's show, how he could wind up being a nice under-the-radar trade deadline pickup for Boston. And Urias now has three hits in two games with the Red Sox. Good to see that. He hit an RBI yeah. single through the left side of the infield Saturday in the ninth inning as the Red Sox tried and failed to, to stage a comeback against the Blue Jays. But, yeah, should be should soon be a story in Urias middle infield alignment there in Beantown for, yeah, Red Sox team that is not fully out of it just yet and is you know, going to get healthy on the pitching side soon too with Chris Sale, Tanner Huck, uh, Garrett Whitlock all, all nearing their returns. Is worth pointing out that the Red Sox are currently down six nothing to the Blue Jays, but absolutely still in it. There's so much time left in this season. Uh, our buddy Chad brings up, by the way, that Brandon Woodruff has looked fantastic in his return. You'll be, if you're listening to this, this will be a little dated, but struck out five over the first two innings, did allow a home run to Andy Rodriguez, who looks like a solid young player as well. Uh, but yeah, it's great to see Brandon Woodruff back uh, and dominating. <sighs> This is going to be such a fun little end of the season, by the way, Drew. There are so many mediocre teams competing for this thing that it, it makes yeah, it that, kind of fun. <laughs> it, it's the best and the worst of what we have, right? Because this extra wild card does make more teams in it, which is good. But it also makes more teams in it, which is terrible. <laughs> because there are going to be some very flawed baseball teams that end up making the postseason. Yeah, like the NL wild card is... is it's a mess. <laughs> I mean, the Giants, surprisingly, you know, are in the top wildcard spot right now. The Phillies, you expected them to be there. Um, sure. The Reds, Marlins are half game back. The Cubs are now only one game back of the third AL wildcard. Diamondbacks have dropped off that. to one and a half back. The Padres sitting there three and a half back. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some teams that are limping to the finish line. Uh, but, I, I, hey, it keeps these fan bases interested because there's a lot of 
teams that can consider themselves as contenders as where we sit right now. Absolutely. Uh, that covers most of the big weekend stories. We're going to do our three up, three down for Saturday and offer some waiver tigers. Waiver tigers? I don't think that's a thing. Waiver targets. But first, I like a quick commercial. I do too. Waiver tigers. That's uh, coming to the CW in uh, fall of 2024. But first, a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We know the weather could impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. All right, let's get into our three up and three down. And uh, Drew, why don't you start with a, a guy that I, on August 6th for the New York Yankees, I can't believe we're talking about this guy, but talk about the, the wonder pickup that was Jake Bowers. No, man, Jake Bowers went two for four with the solo homer in the Yankees 3-1 defeat of the Astros on Saturday, which also matched his line from Friday's game. Two for four with a solo shot and a, what was a 7-3 loss for the Yankees. He's suddenly the pretty close to the everyday first baseman for New York after what went down with Anthony Rizzo. Uh, for those unfamiliar, Rizzo was placed on the 10-day injured list this past Thursday with post-concussion syndrome from a concussion that stems back to a collision that he had with Fernando Tatis Jr. all the way back in late May. Um, it looked ugly at the at the time. Like Rizzo mm -hmm. was was catching uh, a ball at first base, and uh, Tatis was retreating back and ran into it. Rizzo's head and neck at an awkward angle. Um, mm -hmm. Rizzo passed through concussion protocol in, in the immediate aftermath of that incident, um, but he acknowledged this week that he's been feeling bouts of fogginess ever since. Trouble seeing the ball, forgetting how many outs there were, uh, just scary stuff and. Um, you could see it in, in how much he cratered offensively since that play, like had a terrible June, had a terrible July, uh, was not in the, the Yankees lineup for the most part um, since the beginning of August. There's no timetable for his return. It sounds like they're going to treat this very carefully. Um, and it presents a big opportunity for, for Bowers, who's been hitting leadoff against right-handers. Uh, there was an IL stint for a shoulder injury in July, but Bowers around that has a 942 OPS over his last 60 major league plate appearances dating back to late June, five homers, 
in that 15-game span, an overall 821 OPS on the year. Bowers is definitely a flawed player. He spent the entire 2022 season in the minors and did not perform especially well in the minors. Uh, but he has good pop from the left side, and you know it comes down to the Yankees need him right now. He can slot in at, at DH in the corner outfield too, where there are openings for playing time. Um, if Rizzo does return, and I think it'll be a while before he does return, Aaron Judge is still dealing with lingering toe discomfort. Does he get shut down early if if the Yankees fall out of the AL wildcard hunt, or just because he can't play through the pain? Judge has mostly been DHing since he returned. Um, Bauer should keep getting regular at bats and I don't know, might just be able to continue providing useful fantasy numbers. I, at least some homers and some runs scored, you know, hitting out of that leadoff spot. I think he's been a nice pickup for the Yankees to help get them through this situation. And then I, I think he's, he's a nice pickup in fantasy right now, given the, the playing time and, and what he's doing at the dish. He's, he's, you know, he's flashed like being a good power hitter in the past at the major league level. Mm -hmm. um, this has never been able to really do it consistently, but he's hot right now. I say pick him up. What was the Jake Bowers trade uh, early in the career that worked out very well for Tampa? Oh, it was Yandy Diaz, wasn't it? That, I knew it was somebody good, yeah, but it. I was just trying to remember because Bowers has bounced around. And, you know, he has shown those flashes. Mm -hmm. I understand skepticism. Like, he has not been able to put it together for a full season yet or anything close. So I do understand. Uh, that but you you talk about the opportunity that is absolutely there for him and you know this late in the season the worst thing is is that you drop drake bowers for another option we do not have many nice things to say about oakland on this show but i want to talk about paul blackbird who pitched another dandy of a game on saturday against the giants six innings of two hit baseball gave up no runs struck out seven did walk three but it was able to work around those over his last three starts uh, against the Astros, the Rockies, and now the Giants, he's allowed a total of three runs, five and a third innings of one-run baseball against Houston, six innings of two-run baseball in Colorado against the Rockies, and now these six shutout innings against the Giants, whose lineup is flawed, but it's still a very impressive performance. And if you take a look at Blackburn's metrics, it suggests that he's been better than his 4.35 overall ERA suggests. Hard hit percentage, he is avoiding it in the 95th percentile. He's avoiding barrels in the 83rd percentile. His chase rate's in the 84th percentile. Uh, expected slugging against him is in the 64th percentile. He doesn't throw hard, but he does throw five pitches. He's got three pit, four, three pitches that he throws in the 20% that'll use his curveball and change as well. It is a tough pitch to mix up. We have seen Blackburn look good in the past as well. Uh, he looked really good in his rookie season, which was like 2006. It might have been 1984 at this point. I'm just very old. But he looked like something that was interesting for the athletics as a young guy. He's still just 29. I'm not suggesting that he's a must-start guy, but he is worth looking, taking a look at as a streamer, I think, because he's had success. He's avoiding that hard contact. No, he's not going to give you a ton of a ton of wins because that run support is just not going to be there. But I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Paul Blackburn since the start the near the end of July. Yeah, you can talk about how you know these players. I put Bowers and Blackburn in this category would will get exposed over a larger sample size. But what remains of the regular season is a small sample size. You don't need much. You don't. It's yeah, okay if, point. if these. If it's okay if this is not the perfect hitter and not the perfect pitcher. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, be, be aggressive down the stretch. That's that would always be my advice mm -hmm. to any fantasy baseball manager uh my my last three up from from saturday is, is tyler o'neill who connected for yet another home run in the cardinals win over the rockies on saturday that's now three home runs in his last four games he's batting 306 with a 975 ops in 57 plate appearances since returning on july 20th from what was a multi-month absence for a lingering back injury i'm sure the cardinals would have liked for this home run barrage to come a bit earlier so that he could be shopped, you know, with maybe some heavy interest ahead of the trade deadline, but this might be shaping up. Well, you know, if, if they do want to shop him this winter, if he stays healthy, you know, for the final two months, we're probably now to like eight weeks of the regular season. Um, I'm guessing they, you know, they will shop him this winter, given the log mm -hmm. jam that they still have in the outfield. It's why he's starting in left field most nights um, and why Dylan Carlson is largely, taking a back seat. It, it seems like they want to move O'Neill and keep Carlson, but you know, there's a decent chance another outfielder gets dealt 
this winter too, along with O'Neal. Alec Burleson has been good lately. I wonder if it's going to be him uh, with all the cost control that he provides, or or maybe both Carlson and O'Neal will be on the block. Um, the Yankees reportedly had deadline interest in Carlson, but couldn't figure out a package that would work for both sides. Either way, O'Neal should continue to play a lot down the stretch, and he's usually productive when he's healthy. Uh, with the power and some speed, if if he's still out there on the waiver wire, his you know his roster percentage has shot up over the last week. But if he's still out there, I, I'd go pick him up. We know he can get hot um, in a hurry, and he's hot right now. Yep, and you know he can get cold in a hurry real quick too with Tyler O'Neill. I think we've seen that as well. But it's never been a question. It's usually about- the injured list. Yeah, that cools well, him off, you know, injured list and then some struggles coming back off that injured list as well. Like he's been as streaky a player, yeah. I think, as I've seen over the last couple of years, um, but certainly worth the ad in terms of like upside. You can't do much better than Tyler O'Neill, and it certainly seems like he's having a nice little hot run. Uh, let's get into the not so good. Um, Drew, can you start with Aaron Savali? Because I need to pull up my Bryce Elder notes. Yeah, uh, made his debut Saturday against the Tigers. He was acquired ahead of Tuesday's trade deadline from the Guardians in exchange for a guy who we just talked about, a pretty high-level prospect in Kyle Manzardo. Mm-hmm. Um, was I don't know, was Manzardo the biggest prospect that got dealt this week? I, I guess the Mets got a couple big names for Scherzer and Verlander. Acuna, I, I can't say his yeah. first name. Uh, Drew, yeah. Drew Gilbert. Edgar Cuero in the Giolito deal would be a big one, but Manzardo's probably... I don't know. Number Manzardo one certainly it was Manzardo would have been number yeah. one if we did this starting the season. I'd probably go with Acuna now, just just because I think he has a little higher floor and because of his positional value, can play shortstop, second base, and center field. But yeah, Manzardo absolutely would be second on that list for me. Um, and all due respect to Edgar Caro and a couple of these other guys he mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it was a big one for one, one for one style trade, an aggressive play for the Rays to get. Savali and, and work him into their pitching system. Um, you know, the first results of that, I would say, were a bit underwhelming on Saturday. He, he did mostly induce soft contact, which is kind of his calling card, but three earned runs on nine hits over just four and a third innings and a loss for the Rays at Detroit. No walks, four strikeouts. He was fine, which is kind of what I would expect him to be moving forward. Like, what he had a 2.3 something ERA, 2.34 ERA, I believe he was pitching to this year in Cleveland. That did not seem sustainable in this modern baseball environment for a guy who doesn't miss a ton of bats. Um, he has really good command. Uh, the Rays need innings coverage, honestly, with Shane McClanahan out indefinitely because of a forearm issue. There are some red flags with what's going on with that McClanahan story. I feel like this is going to turn out to be something serious. He's going for second opinions and and all that. They haven't really announced an official diagnosis yet. Tyler Glasnow was scratched from his start on Sunday with back tightness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, Shane Boz, Josh Fleming, Drew Rasmussen, all on the long-term IL. Right. Tampa Bay's kind of limping down the stretch on the pitching side, and I guess Savali should at least be steady in real-life terms, a good pickup in that regard. But for fantasy, beyond like some whip help i wouldn't expect a surge into elite production just because he's now on the rays and the rays are smart i'd actually expect more of what we saw on saturday you know that the era is kind of due for some natural regression um i I, cleveland did well to to sell high i think he's a fine pitcher but um without like a dominant strikeout rate i i would still start him every time out in fantasy like he you know he's he, he should be able to like help you with wins and maybe era and whip but um, I think what we saw on, on Saturday is is probably about what to expect moving forward, may, maybe with a better chance at, at a victory. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, this just happened. Uh, Carlos Rodon left with an injury in his most recent start, uh, did not make it through the third inning, two and two-thirds innings, three hits, five earned runs, did have five strikeouts, but also issued two walks. Uh, make sure you're checking out because you'll be – uh, there'll be certainly updates by the time that we're done recording, but make sure you're checking out rotowire.com to see what's going on here uh, with Carlos Rodon. Unfortunately, just a absolute disaster of a first season with the Yankees uh, has not pitched well and also has dealt with, you know, didn't get this uh, going until this early in the second half of the season. Uh, definitely something that you got to keep an eye on, Drew. This is, <laughs> I feel bad for him. I, I know that he's got a lot of money in the bank account that'll help him, uh, but it, that doesn't, 
I guarantee you Carlos Rodon would trade it for good health and pitching well. Yeah, I wish I – it looks like he walked off the field on on his own, but they're calling it a leg injury. I don't know. Leg injury. Okay. Looks like maybe 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 calf or something. Uh, yeah, keep it locked on the Roto-Wire player news, and we'll have all the updates. And speaking of, unfortunately, guys that have not had a lot of success as of late, Bryce Elder, and he had a really tough start on Saturday against the Cubs, gave up five runs in the first inning, Seven total, five of those earned, gave up two homers, three walks, three strikeouts. Now, it wasn't that long ago that Bryce Elder was like leading baseball in ERA. He had a 1.92 ERA at the end of May. But since basically July, he has been a inconsistent option at very best. In his 25 and two-thirds innings in the month of July, he had a 5.96 ERA. Uh, only struck out, uh, looking here, uh, 10 guys in his 25 and two-thirds innings. He's never going to be a big strikeout guy. And that's my concern with Bryce Elder. He's relying on his defense as much as anybody. Yeah, there's a chance for long-term success because he uh, throws strikes with all of his arsenal and doesn't exactly give up a ton of hard contact, but he does give up a lot of contact. And there are going to be clunkers like this where he, if he doesn't have his best command, you're going to see a lot of home runs. You're going to see a lot of self and not necessarily self-inflicted damage in terms of walks, but a lot of singles and doubles that he's going to give up. I, I'm kind of out on Bryce Elder for the rest of the year, if I'm being honest with you. I do love the fact that he's playing behind what I think is the best team in baseball. So you do get that W yeah. chance, and you might be able to give you six innings of three-run baseball. But he's also got a chance to have starts like he did on Saturday, and he's had an awful lot of those in the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, he gets the Pirates next time out if, if the – Atlanta stays on their current rotation right? blueprint. Um, that's a good chance for a bounce back. But what he was doing in the first half, you could kind of poke holes into. And, you know, there have been a few, like, dominant outings mixed in with what have been some really bad starts in the second half. But it's that, like, natural ER, ERA regression kind of thing that we're seeing with right. him. And, and I, yeah, he just – the strikeout potential is not high enough to where I'm I'm comfortable throwing him out there knowing that, you know, there could be a blow-up. I'd probably start him saying that. I'd probably start him at Pittsburgh. There you um, go. <laughs> but just – yeah. And it's – I think that would be on Thursday too, so that's usually a lighter slate. Um, you're kind of stuck with – with he, he'd be the best – one of the best streamer options available on the board as he looks to bounce back at least. But, yeah, not he was not the, uh, you know – high one ERA guy that we, we saw in the first half. No, and we knew that was going to happen, but it's been a little more drastic than I think we expected, right? Like we expected mm -hmm. there to be some regression to the mean, but maybe a little slower. There have been some real poor starts that might have hurt you quite a bit in fantasy. And then my final uh, three down, I'm cheating. I'm just going with the entire Diamondbacks. They lose 12 to 1 on <laughs> Saturday. And they have just looked dreadful in the second half. They have won five games since the All-Star break, Drew. They've now lost five straight. Look, I, I was starting to believe, too, and I love what they did at the deadline, getting a guy like Paul Seawald, who's actually uh, – he's not a rental. You, you're going to have him for a couple of years. Tommy Pham was a nice get for a lottery ticket in uh, Jeremy Rodriguez. I do like what they did at the deadline. I do like that they were – aggressive in making the team better although it's a little weird that they also dealt Andrew Chafin but that was kind of a weird little uh financial thing I'm sure was invited in to that situation but they stink Drew They're, they look really bad and it's disappointing because we talked about all those wild card teams I mean they were in prime position for a while they looked like they were going to be that forward the team that's going to get a chance to play a, a couple of games yeah. at home now I think that they you have to put them well behind Certainly the Phillies. I think the Phillies are the best of that group in terms of talent. I guess I would probably go with the Giants next, but I don't really trust that team either. We've we've kind of refused to give the Giants their flowers all year, I think, Drew. We, we started off for years and years, mean, for decades. Yeah, it, did. Yeah, it <laughs> really has. Well, of course, the Cardinals and uh, Giants maybe have had a little bit of a rivalry, but uh, – the even year and odd year BS, I guess you could say with both of those teams is something that might skew your opinion of that team, to be honest with you. No, I'm kidding. Drew would never, ever. Um, yeah, he might. He might. He might. He might be willing to uh, hate on a team that he dislikes. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just don't know what what they do. Like, the 
they they look awful. And if they're they're kind of a team that I'd be looking to like kind of fade and maybe even stream against down the stretch because that lineup is just really struggling and the starting pitching isn't good enough to carry that lineup right now. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I they they were due to have to run into a bit of a wall. Um, this is more of a wall, in, man. This is a terror. I know. I know. <laughs> their their run differential is is down to to minus sixteen. Um, but yeah, talking about those wild card teams, I I think I'm well. The Padres probably have the best roster of the bunch. Oh, the Padres. Yeah, I but keep I, forgetting. Yeah, yeah. And they're only three back, and they're they're still trying to go for it. But I I, I think the Diamondbacks are going to turn it around. I think it. I, I think they'll be all right. I mean, there's 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 plenty of talent in that lineup, up and down. There's plenty of talent in that rotation. Um, I maybe it's because I have some financial investment. <laughs> I was going to ask their win total, and, and the, the, do you think they need to add a few more at least, or do you want them to do better? That's my question for you. Do you think they're going to be doing better, or do you want them to do better? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> column, column A, column B. I, I think that they're going to be better. They're going to be better. Well, they can't um, be worse. It's, that's it's just, that's good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, be enough about the, the terrible Arizona Diamondbacks, who I hope this springs them to a seven-game win streak just for Drew's financial thing. He just bought a new TV. He needs the Diamondbacks to do well. Uh, let's talk about some fab targets. Yeah. Uh, first for me is, is Matt Walner. I don't think we mentioned that Byron Buxton went on the IL this past Thursday because of a right hamstring strain. He's going to be shut down for the next two weeks, um, yeah. like shut down completely from baseball activities. So the best case scenario would be that he returns to the Twins like right at the very end of August, maybe even early September. And so like whether at the DH spot that Buxton had been filling or in the corner outfield, this latest Buxton injury opens the door for Matt Walner to get regular at bats. And he's earned those regular at bats so far has a 938 OPS, six home runs and 14 RBIs through 29 games this season at the major league level. Um, he had a 927 OPS with 11 homers and 47 RBIs in 67 games this season at AAA St. Paul. We've talked about it before that sometimes it can seem like these Minnesota corner outfield first base DH types blend together um, and <laughs> tend to only tease you like in spurts as a fantasy manager. But Walner looks pretty legit to me, like yeah. 39th overall pick in 2019. Good offensive numbers at every level of the Twins minor league system. He's a Minnesota native, uh, left-handed hitter who can crush both righties and lefties. Uh, with an everyday job now and, you know, with, with the track record of power production in the minors and what he's done so far in the majors, he, he's a must add for me leading into this week. Now with, with, it looks, looks to be an everyday role in that twins lineup and they need some pop and he at least can, can, you know, has the potential to provide it and has provided it so far. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like Walner. I especially like Walner in the long term. But with the Buxton injury and the fact that some of those guys just haven't hit all that well, I think Walner's going to get that opportunity. And he's certainly taken advantage of it thus far. One of the more underrated prospects coming into the year. And he has proven uh, a lot of people who liked him right so far. Uh, I'm going to be a little aggressive. And I am going to say, go get Mason a win now before it's too late. Because I do think Mason Wynn is going to finish the year as the Cardinals shortstop. And I talk to a lot of folks about minor league baseball. It's it's part of my job. I cannot be more impressed with what I have heard and seen in my limited viewings as well for Mason Wynn. You're going to take a look at his numbers, and they're good. He's hitting 286 with an OPS that's now above 800. But it's especially been oppressive since the month of June. Uh, he had a 763 yeah. uh, OPS in that month. In the month of July, he hit 359 427, 750 with eight homers, added a couple of stolen bases. And in August, in a very small sample size, 333, 381, 556. Wynn was a two-way player coming into the draft, and the Cardinals did the smart thing and said, you're not a two-way player anymore, and moved him to shortstop. Has an absolute howitzer of an arm. I would love to see an Ellie De La Cruz 
versus Mason Wynn throw off and see who can get to 100 miles per hour first because they both can throw. And that defense matters because it's going to keep him in the lineup. He's only made six airs so far this year, Drew. That's really impressive for a young player in AAA and with bad scorekeepers as well. To only make six airs is really impressive. And he can hit. He has a chance to hit for average. He's starting to tap into his power. I think he has the speed to steal bases. I'm not sure if he's going to be a contributor in that just yet. It's tough to tell with the Cardinals, and it's tough to tell with the fact that he hasn't run a lot in AAA. We've seen lots of guys who have speed who don't run in AAA and then start running. Mm -hmm. Hello, Wander Franco. This is something that I'm really – now, I'm not comparing Mason Wynn to Wander Franco. He's not anywhere close to that type of talent. But I do think he's a well-above-average offensive player who provides solid defense, who will be in the lineup every single day. If you wait until he gets the call up, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. Go get him now. Stash him on your bench. I imagine he's up right after the rookie of the year deadline uh, comes, which is expected to be right around August 20th, something like that. So yeah. you're going to have to wait like a week or two, but I think he's worth the wait. I think exactly two weeks from today, he's going to be making his major league debut on like a Sunday afternoon game for the Cardinals. Nice. Dripping with tools. I didn't expect him to figure out figure it out offensively as quickly as he has um, yeah but he's he's the arrow is pointing up with his offense i i, mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a really fun player to watch he might actually get me to tune into another cardinals game which <laughs> I, I haven't really been watching them super closely which brings me to my next uh fab target who's steven Matz, and i i can't believe i'm i'm recommending steven Matz as a fantasy <laughs> anything other than a fade but here we are real like, quick Drew, another real good quick. outing yeah, yeah. I got to interrupt you real quick. Uh, it's worth pointing out we have a little show rundown, and uh, Drew left a question mark behind Stephen Matz. I think he wasn't even 100% sure that he wanted to bring up Stephen Matz. <laughs> just, a, just a little inside baseball stuff there. That, that makes me laugh looking at it now because it's just Stephen Matz question mark. <laughs> well, I was waiting for the, the shoe to drop and like for him to have a terrible outing last night, sure. but he was good again so i don't i don't yeah. know what i don't know what's going on and like i said i'm not super locked into the cardinals game i haven't like been studying his starts i haven't even really been watching them um Fair. but another good outing yeah saturday against the rockies it was at home in st louis not at coors field that should be noted but six strikeouts over six innings of one run ball five hits two walks since he pitched his way out of the cardinals bullpen maybe a little bit by default and back into a starting role at the beginning of July. Matz has a 1.65 ERA, 33 strikeouts, only seven walks, and six starts covering 32 and two-thirds innings. Just a really incredible rebound from when he couldn't even throw his curveball in the first half. Um, now, it's it's worth noting that during this stretch, he has faced the Rockies outside of Coors Field, the Nationals, the Cubs twice, but the Cubs have been hitting. Uh, White Sox, Diamondbacks, part of the, the Diamondbacks cratering was a Steven Matz start. So not the most difficult schedule, but if the current rotation plan holds for the Cardinals, Matz would get the Royals next, and I believe it would be the A's after that. Um, so that's mm. probably about two, to the, two of the offenses you really want to see right now. Um, so yeah, add, add Steven Matz in fantasy. Um, ticket from me who hasn't been watching Cardinals games. What a world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Steven Matz. Wow. August 6th. And we're talking about recommending Steven Matz. What a world. Powers and Steven Matz. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Davis, uh, Davis Schneider. Uh, look, he's somebody that we talked about yesterday, Drew. And I was kind of like, do we want to pick him up? I'm buying in after the small sample, man. It has been really impressive what he's doing. He's by the way, is also two for three with a home run today. He's hitting 636, he really? 167.182 while hitting third in the middle of one of the better lineups in baseball. Look, it's obviously not sustainable. This is not going to be a player who becomes, for those of you who read Matt Christopher books, this is not the kid who only hit homers. This is not Sylvester Codmeyer. But he put up strong numbers in the minors, and he looks the part. He looks like he's going to be the everyday second baseman. If you need Ben Linfield help, go give Davis Schneider a shot. I'm not suggesting blow your fab budget. A lot of you probably don't have fab budgets left, to be completely honest with you, because of uh, that's how it works. So very few teams have a ton of money to spend at this point. And if you do, 
you probably just haven't been paying a whole heck of a lot of attention this year, which is fine. Thank you for tuning in anyway. But Davis Schneider has looked really good. I would also say that I would add Curtis Mead as a bench option. Uh, we talked about him as well. Long term, I think Curtis Mead is a much better prospect than David Schneider, even though David Schneider looks like Hank Aaron mixed with Babe Ruth, mixed with everything right now in this early portion of his campaign. But Curtis Mead has a chance to hit for average. I think there'll be some power coming. I'm not sure I can count on it, though, this year. As Drew mentioned in our show on Saturday, it seems like more of a guy who's only going to be playing against lefties, whereas Davis Schneider is going to yeah. get a chance, I think, to play every day. Um, absolutely, though, go get Davis Schneider because you want to be a part of this hot streak. And what's the worst thing that happens? So we got Jake Bowers, Steven Matz, and a 28th round pick are our, <laughs> our big topics on, on this show. And an Australian, I'm, I'm too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I love his story, though. Um, yeah, me too. And, and I'm going to throw another one in there. Carlos Hernandez is also going to be a, a fab target for me. <laughs> if you're desperate for saves, you know, yeah. and aren't we all, Carlos Hernandez, I think, looks like a good pickup from the Royals bullpen mix. Scott Barlow was traded to the, the Padres on Tuesday. Uh, Rollis Chapman was traded to the Rangers back in June. The closer job is wide open in, in Kansas City, and Hernandez is probably best equipped to grab a hold of it. Austin Cox got the most recent save Friday against the Phillies, but Hernandez converted the one prior. And Hernandez mm -hmm. is a you know more of a strikeout getting righty compared to Cox being like a soft contact style lefty reliever. I know you probably can't count on the Royals bringing a ton of leads into the ninth inning down the stretch, but they're actually playing their best ball of the season best ball in a while right now and yeah. had a seven game winning streak going that got snapped on Saturday. Bobby Witt jr. Is blossoming. We, we talked about Michael Garcia a few weeks ago. Um, they're going to win some games down the stretch. And I think Hernandez is going to get the majority of the save opportunities and, and should convert them. Um, yeah. Wouldn't shock me if he gets seven saves down the stretch, which, you know, would right be right up there with the, the league leaders and, and certainly help you in fantasy. That's like a save a week. That, I think that's a good baseline what to expect from him. Yeah, I like that call. And, and I do think he will get a, a good portion of the chances. Like you said, not counting on a ton of those chances. Uh, I hope there's not a ton of those chances, if I'm being completely honest with you. The Mariners play the Royals seven times in the next few weeks. Do they really? Wow. That's yeah, odd. The, the, that's one of the reasons why, I. by the way, if you're, if you're betting on stuff, the Mariners' schedule down the stretch stinks. They have a lot of games against the White Sox, the Royals, the Athletics, and the Mets, and all of those teams are not trying very hard at all. Uh, Chad asked an interesting question here. Uh, oops, let's go to the actual question. There we go. Would you rather have the aforementioned Bowers or Red Hot but part-time Ryan O'Hearn? That's an interesting one. I think O'Hearn might be a little more interesting to me because I like the lineup around him a little bit more. But at the same time, because he's not playing every day, the counting stats might not be there. So which one would you go with, Drubert? Yeah, I mean, the the Orioles have done a great job with platooning this year and, and gotten a ton out of that platoon process. So I don't think they're going to deviate that where like O'Hearn just doesn't play against lefties. And there's a couple right. guys on that roster that just don't play against lefties. Yeah. Bauer's going to play against both. You know, I believe more in O'Hearn. Um, but situationally, I think I would go with Bowers. Unless you're in a daily, you know, a, 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 a league where you can do some daily lineup moves, um, I, I think I would rank Bowers ahead of O'Hearn. Yeah, I think that's fair. We've got a little bit of time, Drew. Did you stay up and watch it? I set an alarm, um, and when it went off, I quickly turned it off and did not turn even turn the game on um i have not even seen highlights i don't know if i'll ever watch them i'm heartbroken no. i'm gonna Go. pretend like this world cup didn't even exist didn't even happen well here's the thing I, I have a question for you too so first of all don't ever watch the highlights it was pathetic absolutely pathetic i think they missed three penalty kicks and then uh yeah, rapino missed one uh yeah. yeah and she looked she looked real upset about it too um I don't know. It, it, professional athletes deal with things in different ways. Sometimes seeing somebody laughing off something can make rub you the wrong way. But here's my question for you. Is anyone going to care about this World Cup now? Because it's on at BFE times. It's not going to be you don't have the big teams in here. Do are people still going to care about this World Cup? I don't know. That's Fox's problem. That's not a Drew Silva problem. 
<laughs> that's fair. That's fair. It's just I want that sport to keep growing, and I I hope that people. Yeah, do I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah. it's uh, I love soccer, women's soccer. Uh, the USMNT when they uh, no doubt disappoint me. Are you going to come to Seattle when the uh, when the World Cup is? That's the perfect time to come visit me, man. Is to come. Uh, yeah, up there's and, a. Uh, I, th- I think there will be a group at Arrowhead too, uh, so I might I might try to go go there. Uh, Uncle Ted brings up a good point. Japan is amazing. Like that is the team. And to Spain watch, looks awesome. Yeah, Spain does look good. But if you think um, about it, like if you're a young girl in the United States, there's a chance you didn't see any of the group stage matches. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the first one was started at like nine o'clock central. That maybe you caught some of that, but the other two were overnight. Um, and then the that loss, like yeah, it it kind of stinks as a, something that only happens every four years and. Mm-hmm this is going to be a very forgettable performance for the U S women's national team. I love watching them too, because it's, it's the one team we have in soccer that does well, Yeah, you know? And, and so like, I, I love <laughs> soccer. I've always loved soccer, even as a, a kid. And yeah. know, it's, it's the one like high level team that I get to root for that doesn't always let me down. Just sometimes lets me down. And this was certainly, <laughs> it's nice to be let down sometimes though, isn't it? It's nice to have like, yeah. high hopes for something whereas we can't really get let down by usmnt they're just not good enough to compete with those types of teams by the way it is worth pointing out that i used to hate soccer but have you ever played football manager before drew or heard about football manager yeah. before simulated mm-hmm. soccer game i haven't played uh, it but i yeah i'm familiar oh, it got me into soccer so bad because that game is so amazing football manager if you want to sponsor this show <laughs> let me know i've spent so many hours playing your game it'd be nice to get uh something out of it but yeah what a bummer what what a bummer to be out this early and to not one goal in the last three games for the uswnt the the most dominant team in maybe any sport that i can think of and you get one goal in the last three games that's didn't see that coming man i saw that uh lion richardson who we talked about yesterday yeah. as well yeah okay. not great nope no, that didn't go very well. And our buddy Chad brought it up that it was runs matchup. in the first inning. Yeah. 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 Uh, that did, it That's true. did not go well. Um, you know, he did bounce back after uh, that and was able to get a couple of strikeouts. But uh, of course, he went three innings. We talked about that, that we were predicting that it would go right around three innings, but uh, not the debut he was looking for. And it does make me wonder if Connor Phillips will get a shot to pitch for them. And he has been fantastic in the minor leagues, somebody that you might want to take a look at uh that's going to do it for us thanks for tuning in to the road of wire fantasy baseball podcast please rate and review the show if you like it and what you're hearing and all that good stuff uh you can follow us on x i'm at crawford milb with an underscore in between drew is at drew Silve. stay tuned for more episodes every day of the week and you all have a wonderful week please please do it <laughs>